You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big New Sports, featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times bestselling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality, and Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome to the program brought to you by Haley Sensing of Union. Thanks for her sponsorship. Welcome into the show. Appreciate you guys taking uh, taking over yesterday. I'm feeling a little ill. I'm much better. You know how when you are ill and then you come back and you're feeling better, you feel like almost twice as good? So that and my coffee, y'all might have to keep me between the ditches today. How is everybody? Doing good. Hello. Doing good, Matt. Uh, glad you're glad you're feeling better, um, and got a, a lot of interesting topics uh, going on today in the world of sports. And uh, number one, Matt is uh, NFL schedule day release. That's tonight. <laughs> and yeah. you know, it, it's 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 funny because every team knows who they're playing. Right. And they know if they're if it's a home game or if it's an away game, it's based on how you finish the season and uh, who the crossover opponent is going to be or who the crossover division is going to be uh, for your division. And so really, it's just the NFL trying to and successfully doing this, taking control of another day of the sports calendar. True. Right. That's all everybody's talking about. But it is the. I, I've used this term a lot, like the biggest non-event event, but that, but this really is, this is a, a non-event event. I, I don't know if it, uh, if it, if it causes you to, uh, you know, sit back and, and, and really pay attention to it. I know from your perspective, I'm sure you like the fact that uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will be on plenty of prime time games. That's really what we're waiting for. What, what games are going to be in prime time? Yeah, but they did announce that the Monday night football opener would be the Bills versus Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, and I think that's pretty cool. But that's almost a no-brainer. But, Lars, I'm kind of with you on what the NFL does for this date, and it's just another thing that they could put on television, put on the radio. Everybody's writing about it. It doesn't help that it's kind of a slow day in the world of sports. But, I mean, Christian, you played in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers. Is this something you anxiously awaited, or is it just a non-significant event? Uh, if I'm being honest, I didn't really even know this really was a thing like that. Um, so I guess, <laughs> I guess it'd be no. a non-event. Yeah. I mean, I knew of like the cool things, like if we had to play in London, um, but honestly, that's really about it. Did you play in London by the way, Christian? Yeah. Um, I went over there once, uh, with, uh, Bruce Arians and the Cardinals and the coaching staff hated it because it just interrupted routine. What, what did you think of uh, uh, of the trip, and did you suffer from jet lag, or just what was that like? Oh, I mean, it was an amazing experience. I mean, we went into detail about going to the White House and uh, how much fun that was for me. So uh, going to London um, was no different. It was uh, honestly an amazing experience. 
uh, went and visited the palace. Uh, got to see a bunch of cool things. That was my first time uh, really going out of the country. I think I might have gone like the Bahamas when I was a very small child, but um, just thought it was really cool. Um, but in, in terms of did it affect me athletically? Um, not not so much because you you arrive you know quite a bit earlier before you play. I mean, I, if I remember correctly, we probably left five days before we actually played, if I remember. Um, yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, you're over there for a few days before you play. Um, and from from my knowledge, I thought everybody enjoyed it. I thought everybody had a great experience. We played Tampa Bay and the Buccaneers. Uh, Jameis Winston at quarterback. And uh, in the Tottenham Spurs Stadium, uh, which was absolutely incredible. I'm a big soccer fan, so I thought it was one of the coolest experiences ever. So I absolutely loved it. I could see how some coaches might think it's a little excessive, kind of getting off track and and whatnot. But uh, I don't. I think the majority of people would think it's a pretty neat experience because, again, I mean, you get there quite a bit early. It almost reminded me of how we traveled, you know, for like a bowl game in college. That's just really kind of what it felt like. I mean, we had time to kind of sightsee and go around. I remember me and my teammates were riding the tube, which, you know, I'm from South Carolina. I've never even been on a train or a subway. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. So I guess if you're from New York or Chicago, it probably felt similar. But for me, I, I mean, I'm from Columbia, South Carolina. I've never ridden on any of that stuff. So, I mean, I thought that was neat. Um, did, you, did you mine the gap? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's what the, that's what they say when you're riding the the tube in in London is is mind uh, the gap meaning uh, uh, don't don't fall the gap between the train and the actual platform. Oh okay yeah uh, yeah I guess I guess yeah no, I, I was I was just riding it regularly <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I was having to figure it out because you know it, it was reading it you know reading these these maps and stuff like it would say all right take this tube and you got to get off here and get on this one and uh me and my teammates were just kind of like we we're geeking like man where, where do we go here where, where do we go now i'm surprised we didn't get lost and luckily we did um but yeah no it was, it was cool i mean we got to see the big band and uh went shopping i mean i forgot the name of that that mall but it was just ridiculous i mean every store was like a designer store and uh, that's that's where a lot of guys were at. But then we, even we had enough time that some guys took the, the train to like Paris or something one day. I can't remember um, when we had a little bit extra time and some guys were able to do that. But anyway, that was a long winded way of me saying, yeah, I, I thought it was a great experience. Really cool experience. The fans were awesome. Uh, their chants and just their, their excitement and their energy. Uh it was really cool, and uh, I had a great time when we went. Hey, Lars, I got to get back to this mind the gap thing. <laughs> I'm I'm very curious. Is that another way of saying don't jump between the don't kill yourself? Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, cool, lovely. Yeah, I, 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 uh, lovely. I don't think that was an issue for any of us. I think we were enjoying our time. No, it's, we were. It's, a, it's a phrase you hear a lot uh, when you're riding the tube. It's like the conductor comes on and says, mind the gap. Uh, in other Unless words, I'm, don't fall onto the tracks between yes, the train the, and wow. The, the train and the platform. Uh, ignorance, ignorance amok there. People don't know that just in general terms, but. 
Five. Yeah. I, man, I love London. Um, we traveled. So it's okay. Yeah, mind the gap. It, it's a it's a recorded announcement on the London Underground Network, right? And um, so yeah, it's just cautionary advice uh, that you. It's also uh, written everywhere. So anyway, we are really off subject here. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I I wondered was that department store Harrods. I love Harrods uh, in London. I, I think so. Does yeah. it have like a bunch of stories in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. It, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And I had a, I got kicked out of there once just because I had a tiny little rip in my jeans, and uh, you're not allowed to have uh, really wear something like that in there. Oh, well, well, I mean, I feel like we had guys wearing we had guys wearing sweatsuits. Um, yeah, but uh, you're a big Alabama football player. <laughs> they probably get their different rules for you. I don't know, man. The security, they don't play over there. They take stuff serious, too. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I didn't think about dress code like that. But, yeah, I think I'm some impressed. guys had sweatsuits. I'm impressed that you guys ventured out because the Cardinal players I was with didn't go anywhere. They just wanted to stay in their hotel rooms. The, the weather was pretty miserable. And it ended up being uh, Carson Palmer's final game because he got he got hurt over there and never played again. Um, mm. It was so it was a, a really bad experience. And Bruce hated it because he can't sleep on airplanes, and so the jet lag just destroyed him. And um, you know he just he didn't feel well the entire entire time. But yeah, it turned out to be a disastrous trip for the Cardinals. But. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of London myself. Uh, Matt, have you have you have you have you been to London? I have a couple of times with the World League with Kenny. I've been to London. I didn't just been to London. I've been to London with Ken Stabler. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> Kenny knew well. Kenny knew all the places to go. I guess the Raiders had played over there. He traveled over there. But it was so cool. He took me to this place called Slap Harry's. It was an ale bar, beer bar, whatever you want to call it, right there in the Piccadilly Circus area. Mm-hmm. You, would, you would not be surprised how many people came up to him. Really? Stay up to all hours to watch Daber play. And when he walked in that bar, you, you'd have thought, well, I was going to say he walked in with a superstar, but that's exactly the case. And um, it was really, really cool. My experiences in Europe with World League, as I think a lot of yours were, Lars, were just just incredible, and uh, I'd relive them in a moment. Hey, um, did you guys catch up with the NBA again last night? Want to talk about that? Let's do it. Yeah, let's go. The Warriors won one. That's a, that's a key win. So uh, we'll talk about that and tonight, the series between the Celtics and 76ers. That will resume. We will do that all on the other side of this break. A little later in the show, bottom of the hour, in fact, Mick Gillespie will be joining us from uh, On3, and we'll talk to him about virtually anything. But right now, we're going to pause for the calls. Big Noon Sports. Sports like Kudzu on the roadside. 
This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Celebrate home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds, scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today, 84, tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high, 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. On big moon four. Time of the year where a lot of us get into the NBA, and I'm one of them, especially since my team, the Sixers, are in it. And they're actually up 3 2 on the Celtics. That's been a good series. And then last night, uh, big win for the Warriors. And uh, I don't know if it's a loss on Anthony Davis. He banged his head pretty. Hard, but I'm reading right now that he avoids concussion protocol and will be available for game six. Uh, is that the last thing y'all read? I believe so, man. I, I mean, I'm no one to talk because I'm no stranger to, to injury, but man, I, I feel like he can't catch a break, man. I, I mean, like, I feel like he's, he's more injured than he is healthy. And I hate saying that about athletes because I know it's part of the game and, uh, no one enjoys being injured, man, but he he's just so fragile, it feels like. And you said it, you know, they're, they're, they're basically running this team through him. And uh, the other thing I also had said was that uh, it's, you know, it's, it's pivotal that that supporting cast steps up. And what happened last night, the supporting cast uh, that has played so great for them uh, in recent games, uh, seemed like they were nowhere to be found last night, and Anthony Davis goes down, and I think they just were destined to take that loss. But um, I was surprised. You know, Draymond Green really stepped up, had a big game. He had at least 20 points. And um, if you got a guy like him uh, who's fiery, and, and if he's playing well and he's scoring, um, I think it gives him a really good chance at winning because uh, they normally don't even expect much out of him, at least on the offensive side. But, man, I, I, I think the Lakers knew they – they're going back into a hostile environment. You know, the Warriors are going to be playing a little little angry, you know, after going down 3-1. So I think they expected a tough matchup. But, man, if, if the Lakers blow a 3-1 lead, and saying Miami's kind of in that same position too, man, that, that would be tough. That would be a tough pill to swallow. I thought uh, Wiggins played incredible, maybe his best effort in postseason. 
Um, Absolutely. He had 25 points in 36 minutes. He was 10 of 18 from the floor. And then he had seven rebounds and five assists. Um, he might be the real key when it comes to this again. If he can have a night like that in L.A., maybe they climb back into this thing. I don't know. I, I think that the news is good concerning Anthony Davis, and um, he's going to be healthy, wealthy, and ready to go. So uh, I, I think it's probably over next matchup, which is tomorrow night. Lars, you think so? I'm sticking with the Warriors. I'm sticking with the oh, Warriors. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Christian mentioned this, but, but Draymond Green really was the key last night. Um, he, uh, ended with 20 points on seven eleven shooting, 10 rebounds, two steals, but it's really his, his, his style of play, his aggressiveness that fuels the entire team. You know, when, and he's 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 the tone he, he's the tone setter, and when he is you know doing his thing, when 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 he brings the energy, it's like it's an entirely different team. And um, you know, it was he he scored twenty points uh, or more two times in this postseason. That's the first time he's done that since twenty seventeen. Um, so he, he's playing very well. Um, I was, and this, this, this raised a question in my mind, uh, Christian or, or Matt, do you think Draymond Green is a hall of famer? Nah, I don't think so. I, I, I know he's, yeah. I mean, I know he's a huge piece to that team, but I'll be honest. Um, it, I think <laughs> I think that's really the only team for him. I know he could play for other teams, but I think that team just elevates his game. And, yeah, he definitely is a huge piece uh, as well. But I just – he's honestly one of – he's just so interesting, man. Like, I'll be honest. Sometimes I watch him. I just can't even believe how he's so successful in the NBA. He's just so unorthodox. And, <laughs> no. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, he just he looks like a football player playing basketball. Um, but – and I, but I, you got to give him his credit because again he, he's he's a pivotal piece of that that team and, and and that run that they've had. But to answer your question, Lawrence, I don't necessarily see him as a Hall of Famer. I think he's definitely a good good player and has had a lot of success. Um, but I, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. And now that I think about, it, I think he actually did play some football at Michigan State. Lars, is he a Hall of Famer in your book? Uh, that's a good question. Um. Uh, you know, he want he, he thinks he's a Hall of Famer. No, uh, he is. He has said that. Um, in, what did you think? And so, I, but I don't know. Uh, that's a tough call. I think he, he's he's borderline. I mean, certainly you're going to have uh, Steph and Clay make it into the Hall, and uh, Clay Thompson. By the way, he may be the o- most overlooked player in NBA history because. I think he's a top five shooter in NBA history, but um, uh, the best shooter happens to be his running mate in the backcourt, <laughs> in Steph Curry. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, the Warriors, the, the Warriors haven't been a great road team this year, so uh, we'll we'll see if they can uh, pull off the win. My my gut tells me that whoever wins 
tomorrow is going to win the series. Because uh, I, I, I think if the Warriors can get it back to uh, the Bay Area for Game 7, that it's over. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you, would, would you categorize Green as a Hall of Famer, Matt? No, um, for pretty much the reasons that uh, that Christian mentioned just a minute ago. And if you just looked up power forward in the NBA and looked at his body, you would say, well, that's that's your guy. Um, I mean, he's he's what did you say, Christian? I thought that was really accurate. Was you said he's kind of awkward looking. Um, yeah, he's just unorthodox and awkward, and I, he just—it reminds me of when I try to play basketball. It's a big, physical guy that plays kind of angry and not the most skilled, but but would, and again, I think if I remember correctly, I think he actually did play some tight end for Michigan State. I, I think I've seen like a clip of him in a spring game. I don't know if he actually played like during a season, but um, yeah, just a very different kind of guy. I, I mean, my friend used to joke around. We say this—he's one of those guys that you have to have him on your team because the way he plays, the way he talks, he's so annoying. He He's one of those people you just probably hate. You probably would hate to compete against because he's okay. going to talk the whole time. He's going to be fouling. He's going to be just, you know, throwing elbows, playing dirty. Um, and all you're going to want to do is you're going to be so focused on retaliating. You're probably going to get off your game. That's probably part of his game is getting people off theirs by his nature of, aggressiveness and, and, and the way he fouls. Um, but that's why we always joke around. We're saying, man, there's no way I could play against him. Man. I, I got to play with him. I've got to. He's, uh, in some ways, he's like an NHL, a hockey enforcer, you know. <laughs> Somebody is going to stand up for everybody on the court. Yeah, I, you know, I think you can actually make the case for him to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, four-time NBA champion, uh, four-time NBA All-Defensive First Team. Uh, he is the enforcer on a dynasty. Um, you know, uh, his he, he seems to play his best in the playoffs. Um, I know that he has. Uh, there's only been five players in NBA playoff history that have recorded 200 blocks and 200 steals, and and Green is one of them. Um, you know, and that, 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 and that's along with Julius Irving, LeBron James, Robert Ori, and Hakeem Olajuwon. So it's pretty, pretty good group to be with. Um, I, I don't know. He's, he's borderline. Put it that way. He's borderline. We'll just have to leave. Yeah, it. I mean, you, you could definitely make an argument for sure. I mean, if you, if you look up, you know, his accomplishments and accolades, uh, my argument would just be like, how much. Uh, did he contribute towards those? Which I know he did contribute significantly. But again, I mean, I mean, talking about that, Kevin Durant for a couple of years, Steph Curry, who's arguably the best shooter of all time, Clay Thompson, who you just mentioned, a uh, guy who's probably one of the most underrated players of all time. That, that'd be my only counter to, to when you list on that stuff. But you're right though, defensively, and just his role as as that enforcer. I mean, it, it is significant. Um, I, I agree. There, there, there definitely is an argument. I'll be honest, I'm not too familiar with the process of being inducted in the Hall of Fame in the NBA, like how, you know, how many guys typically are. Um, but, yeah, that, I guess that is, that is a good little debate. I mean, we, when you list some of those statistics like that, at least more so on the defensive side, that, that makes a lot more sense. And I, I can see somebody making a, a good argument with that. Yeah, like, you know, in Matt, in hockey, 
which I don't I don't know much about hockey. Do like do the goon players <laughs> do they make it into the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's a great question, but I'd have to look it up because my knowledge and history on the NHL is not real good. Um, but Draymond is just, you know, again, he's somebody that you wouldn't want guarding you, right? Constantly pestering you. And I don't know if anybody talks more in the NBA than, than Draymond. Certainly nobody uh, complains to the refs more than Draymond. And I actually think complaining to the refs as much as he does ends up helping the Warriors uh, because it's just like you, you kind of wear the refs down. And uh, that's been a tactic of his uh, since the beginning of his career. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I find this series fascinating. And and and, uh, and, and Christian, I, I think you're right. Uh, just about Anthony Davis. Um, his career, unfortunately, is always going to be uh, trailed by some what could have been questions because of the injuries he's sustained. I mean, when he is when he's healthy, you know, 100 percent healthy, he's as good as anyone in the league. Certainly he could uh, the, the, the Warriors don't have anyone who can guard him straight up. And so they have to do multiple things on defense to to try to get the ball out of his hands because uh, they don't have anyone who can guard him. But, um, you know, it's just uh, the reliability factor uh, due to injury, um, which is unfortunate because he had a chance to really be uh, one of the all-time you know great players. Some players are like that. I mean, look at Zion Williams. I mean, good grief. Has that guy played 10 games in a row? It's just, man, that's sad because, wow, what talent. Hey, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the NBA, of course, but uh, we're going to dive in with Mick Gillespie of On3. He's going to join us on the other side of the break as you continue to listen to Big News Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. 
But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Appreciate everybody dialing us in. Remember our website, www.bignoonsports.com, and we have a handle account at Big Noon Sports. So you can contact us in many, many ways. We're also joined now by Mick Gillespie, who's a regular on this show, and we appreciate his contributions. Uh, Mick, first of all, how are you, and what baseball games are you going to do this week? Hey, what's up, fellas? Yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, besides all of this uh, pollen, I've got a... Dealing with some allergy issues with my my voice, but um, I'm broadcasting the um, the Tennessee Smokies and the Montgomery Biscuits. So um, a little baseball going on and uh, some fun games, and you know, and obviously paying attention to everything going on in uh, college baseball and softball and football. So good time of year. Yeah, Mick, uh, I would love just to get your analysis and takeaway of uh, the, the gambling issues that we have seen pop up in college baseball, uh, seemingly out of nowhere. Uh, I, you know, I never really realized that uh, there were gambling issues in college baseball. But just just your thoughts on, you know, the, 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 the investigation at Alabama and also uh, Iowa and Iowa State. Yeah, look, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I think this is the beginning of a lot of this. The only reason that they haven't caught football is because so many people gamble, it's hard to figure out. I mean, when when you're talking about a minimal amount of bets on some of these games, it's just easier to connect all the dots. Um, I'm still just absolutely flabbergasted by the Alabama situation. Um you know, I'm not ready to say that O'Hannon really bet against Alabama. Uh, obviously, that's what it looks like, but he, he hasn't spoken yet, you know. And, I mean, there's got to be more to it. I could see him I, – I mean, it could be feasible that he had a friend that he talked to him and that guy took advantage of, of, of the information that he got and he didn't know. I, until he talks um, or until we hear, then I don't know. But the bottom line is that – you have gambling that's legal in a lot of places. I'm in Tennessee right now. I can go on an app and I can bet on any, you know. And I said this after the Alabama-Tennessee game, which I still, in my mind, feel like there was some real odd calls in that game. Now, I don't know that the officials wanted Alabama to lose, and I've said that. I just felt like it felt like a spread issue to me. Like, hey, as long as they don't win by seven, you know, and, and I could be totally wrong. But Dennis Dodd came out with a story right after I said that, and he said that 8% of college football games each week um, are basically flagged by these guys that oversee gambling. And I believe that. I mean, I just could totally see this. And then the thing with Iowa, and I think more of this this will eventually come out because it's a way to make money fast. And if, and if you affect the results of, uh, you know, the outcome of a, of a sport for money, you know, obviously you should you should be punished and go to jail. Um, but when's the last time we really 
caught someone doing this. And it was like that official in the NBA, um, the Doherty guy. And yeah. um, it's been a while, but you, so you can't tell me that it's not happening. But what the difference is, and I'd love to hear what you guys think, but the difference is it's just so much easier to place bets now. I mean, you can go to different states. And you don't have to put all your money in one bet in one place. I mean, you could go and spread it out if, if you were really organized and, um, and, and you knew what the outcome was going to be and, and do enough medium-sized bets that wouldn't really wouldn't be flagged. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very valid point. Um, in terms of baseball and, and the vacancy that's going to be there for the head coaching position, are there any targets that you have in mind or that you'd like to see any candidates uh, step up to, to fill that void? Yeah, I'm really curious to see how dedicated Alabama is to getting a baseball coach because, you know, Bohannon was paid, you know, half a million dollars or whatever. The top coaches are paid over a million you know, you want to, you know, you want to coach like LSU or you want to coach like, like Tennessee, you know, the teams that have the best coaches in the country, they pay them a lot of money. Arkansas, you know, so I'm curious to see how dedicated Alabama is to going out there and getting someone that can be a, an impact player. If it was me um, and I was one of the top coaches, I wouldn't take the job. I wouldn't take it because, first off, you're not, you don't have a lot of scholarships. You go to other places. Your whole team's got scholarships. Um, unless Alabama was able to, you know, show me that they had a lot of NIL money, uh, to, you know, to go out and get the best players in the country to come. And, um, you know, I, I just don't know that there's a – and, look, as much as a lot of us like baseball, it's a football market, probably basketball second. Um, I'd put baseball pretty low on the list these days. So – if that makes it a tough sell if you're going out and getting an established head coach. So then the other answer is, well, who are the best assistants? Um, you know, look, this might sound bad, but don't go to Auburn for any assistance. Let's go somewhere else and find somebody that's not from Auburn. No, I'm just kidding. Look, Bohannon had a great reputation. It was actually a really good hire. Uh, obviously, you know, this, this gambling thing changes our opinion on him, but you know, I, I would go after somebody like when Tennessee went, hired Tony Vitello. He was an assistant at Arkansas. He was their top recruiter. He was the top recruiter in the country. And Tennessee was a program that um, was in worse shape than Alabama at the time. And within, you know, three or four years, they became maybe the most hated program in college baseball. And it was because they've become so good, you know. And so, um, and a lot of energy and a lot of money and fans and selling out the park. So, this is a tough job because it's you got you don't have scholarships. You're going to have to get money for NIL to get the best players, and you've got to get the community back involved. And I said that last time. Um, baseball just doesn't it doesn't have the pop that softball has, and you got to give Coach Murphy a lot of credit because he created that from the ground up. They're a tough ticket, and people love going out there and supporting them. But they also have one over and over and over again for years and years and years. So they've established that. So I don't have a, a candidate. You know, I, I've heard people say, hey, what about the guy from Louisville? Or what about the guy from Lake Forest? Or, what about, you know, but all that's going to take money. And that's why I'm saying that I, I want to know what the resources are that Greg Burns putting towards the program. And I, my, my final thought is it wouldn't surprise me if he said, you know what? 
we're going to find the money to pay somebody to come in here just because this is such a black eye to the Alabama programs and the school, everything that we all love and stand for, the, all of us that graduated from Alabama, it's been a bad year when it comes to some of this off the, the field yeah. stuff and these different sports. And it would be great to, to go out and get somebody that is uh, that's going to get everybody excited and kind of change the narrative. Mick, uh, let's talk just a minute uh, about why Alabama's at a huge disadvantage from a scholarship standpoint. Uh, I'll tell you what I know, and then you can just expand. But um, to my knowledge, baseball still gets 11.7 scholarships. Right. They have to they have to use it in doses. So you better be really, really good to get a full ride. And I don't know that that happens very often because you're trying to get 20 players on your roster and have them make sure that they all have at least a piece of a scholarship. But then you take Georgia, for example, which I always use because they have the HOPE program, which is scholarships based on their lottery. And any kid that makes a certain a grade at a high school coming out they can go to the University of Georgia pretty much for naught. And Alabama doesn't have anything like that. Alabama has, a, and this is Auburn too, by the way. Auburn's under the same restriction. They have 11.7 scholarships while these others have 25. And I don't know, if, I guess the state has to change that. But right now it, it is really, really unfair to the schools in our state. Yeah, look, I, that's it. You know, And, and I've seen the way that you can have success. Obviously, Butch down at Auburn's done a great job. When I was in school, Jim Wells made it work, um, you know, because places like Tennessee and Louisiana and, you know, and Mississippi, you know, they, they find a way to do it. You know, they, they have different scholarships and stuff that work with uh, the 11 that you're allowed to have or, you know, not quite 12. Um, but what Jim Wells did, and, and he, I, he was a genius in so many different ways when it comes to baseball. Um, he knew all the scouts. And when I got into professional baseball, I met a guy named Jim Crawford. Uh, we called him Crawdaddy. He was a longtime scout with the Cubs and the Rangers and used to coach at um, with Eddie Stanky down at Southern Miss. And, and I got to be friends with him uh, basically because, you know, Jim had mentored me in a way and, you know, and, and was good friends with him. And what Jim would do was he would know – the guys that the scouts had seen that, and they'd say, Hey, you know, um, you know, I don't know. Dustin Moore is a good player. Um, he's going to get drafted, but right now he's got to put some weight on and you guys should go get this dude because he can play and no one else is really on him, you know? And this was before maybe you, you had all the publications and stuff, but back then, and he, and he would listen, you know, and, and he had got, he knew guys like that from all over the place, you know, and scouts talk, and um, and that was how he was able to do it. One of the reasons, you know, like that, that he would go out and get guys. And the other thing is that he got really tough players uh, up until, you know, I, I don't know, the 2000s when Alabama became like, a, you know, kind of. A, and even and really even after that, I mean, even the 2016, you know, just guys that went out there and played the game, uh, you know, kind of dirtbag type of guys. Um, Auburn's found their niche with pitching. You know, and all the top pitchers want to go down there and play for them. So there's a way to do it, but it's it's not easy. Mick, you hang around, talk some football and, and all after the break? Yes, let's do it. Mick Gillespie, our guest on Big Noon Sports.
Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of r Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to r and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds, scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high, 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Quarterbacks. Is Alabama and Auburn both going to have a portal quarterback when they start their seasons in the fall? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm still not saying that Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or someone else that's there won't be the starting quarterback. I mean, it's a competition, and I think it's wide open. You know, it's not like Buckner's going to come in there and, and, you know, and win the job. Uh, guaranteed, you know, um, but there's a lot of competition. I think Auburn's going to have a transfer quarterback. They did a good job getting a guy with a ton of experience, but it just overall, this just worries me because I really thought that Ty Simpson would be the guy that just kind of slide into that spot, take the job from Milrow, or Milrow might just come out of nowhere. And the fact that they've got five scholarship quarterbacks mean that they means to me they don't have any quarterback right now. <laughs> True. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Um, were you surprised, and I, I think we may have touched on this before, but were you, were you surprised that neither Milrow, Milrow or Simpson uh, decided to get into the transfer portal? And also, uh, do you think Peyton Thorne at, at the, the transfer from Michigan State to Auburn really, like, kind of changes how you view Auburn and potentially what they can do this upcoming season. Yeah, look, I mean, he had a couple years ago, I mean, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country, you know, and he had some players around him and kind of a balanced attack. And 
you know, they're running and throwing there. And but but look, he had guys transferring out of Michigan State because they didn't feel like he could get them the ball at wide receiver. So he's got limitations too. Um, you know, as far as Alabama goes, if I was, I'm I am surprised that they didn't transfer. But that doesn't mean that they won't transfer. But you know what? Go into camp. And the job's still available, and they know that Nick Saban's going to pick the best guy. You know, it doesn't matter if you transferred in or you're a freshman. To me, it, it says that this thing's wide open, and what's going to have to happen is you, you're going to have to get it down to a couple of guys going head-to-head. Who those couple of guys are is going to be interesting within itself, but there's just not enough snaps for five guys, <laughs> you know? Sounds like a burger place. There's not, there's not enough snaps for five guys. To, to be battling out for a position very long, you know, because there's only one football. So w- once we get down to, hey, here's the guys that it's going to be between this guy and this guy, uh, then we'll have a much better idea who's going to be the quarterback. And then even if you win the, the battle, if you get in the game and you're no good, uh, I got a feeling that it, there will be a short leash and it'll be on to the next guy. So it, this thing's far from over. Nick, this week we saw Trey Amos, cornerback uh, uh, from the portal, commit to Alabama. Do you see him uh, battling out uh, for that, that starting cornerback spot uh, across from Kool-Aid, uh, where Terry on Arnold, I think, uh, has been during the spring? Or do you, do you see him moving elsewhere in the secondary? And have you seen him play or have you heard anything about uh, Trey Amos? Look, I don't think he's going to beat either one of those guys out. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because, you know, it, it's not like statistically had a huge year, but there were a lot of schools that were after him, including LSU, you know. So um, he's right in their backyard. And, uh, you know, obviously you, you want depth in that in that spot. But I think Terry and Arnold and Kool-Aid are going to be the two starters. But, look, we, we know the way that the, the game is these days. That doesn't mean that you can't come in and be a contributor. And, um, you know, and like I said about quarterback, I mean, you know, there, there is a possibility that, the, you know, that he could earn the, the starting role. But I just don't see it happen. Look, th- those are two of the strongest guys at any position on the field right now. Uh, and Terry and Arnold and, and, and Kool-Aid McKinstry. So um, I think he'll be part of that unit. And honestly, that's a great unit to be a part of because that is sitting in my mind right now going into, you know, the – the fall camp and the start of the season, I would say that's got to be the one area where I'm feeling like Alabama's really strong. Who's playing the baseball in the bigs? And I'll let you go. Baltimore. Who's playing in? Yeah, look, the the I, I've been on the Cubs for these some of these free these free agents that they signed, Eric Hosmer, and um, you know, and, and Trey Mancini, and, and because it's a young man's game now. You look at the teams that are winning in the big leagues, Tampa Bay and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Arizona, it's because they have developed homegrown talent and they've let those guys go out and play, you know. And so there's definitely a different trend right now in the game. And look at look at the Yankees, and I know there's a lot of Yankees fans in, in Alabama, um, but they're, they're in last place. Everybody's getting hurt. You know, they went out and spent all this money on these, you know, like Keith Aaron Judge and, and Stanton, and they're great players when they're healthy, but they're not healthy all the time. You know, as a matter of fact, it seems like they're hurt more than they play. So baseball right now, there is a – there's definitely 
uh, a movement. And, and look, I put the Braves in a category that's outside of that. Yeah, they went out and developed. Then they went out and made some trades um, to fill holes where they felt like, hey, you know, we need to have a little bit more here. We're not going to pay this guy, so we're going to go out and get this guy, you know, and talking about Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson. If I was a Braves fan, I would feel so good about this team because they have a great mix of youth. They've got some more guys in AAA and AA that are going to help them out. And uh, they got a good rotation. They're one of the best teams in baseball. And, and it's not like they're young. They're in their prime. Their pickup of Sean Murphy has paid dividends, uh, especially when Darno went down. Um, but they always seem to have somebody that can step up. Whether they bring them up from double A or they'll, they'll make a small trade. And they've been doing this for years. Now, thanks for the compliment because I am all about my Atlanta Braves and I agree with you. And hopefully the Cubs will be able to pull things around too. Uh, thank you, Mick. Tell everybody where they can find and follow you. Hey, look, come hang out with me at Broadcaster Mick on Twitter, constantly on there. Um, Going to be on the Marquee Sports Network tonight, calling a baseball game. So if anyone's in Chicago, you can watch me on TV. Hey, guys, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Roll time. Thanks, Mick. Thanks, Mick. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Did you know not washing your hands after using the bathroom can increase the spread of hepatitis A? Washing your hands with soap and water, as well as getting vaccinated, is the best way to protect yourself if you are at risk of getting hepatitis A. One dose of the hepatitis A vaccine provides long-lasting protection in up to 95% of those who receive it. For more information on the hepatitis A outbreak in our state, visit alabamapublichealth.gov forward slash IMM. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Public Health, the ABA, and this station. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirit destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down, so she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com.
We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Back on Big Net Sports with the gang you just heard being brought to you by Haley Sensing Union Home Mortgage. Um, guys, uh, one breaking story, I think, from last hour, and it may have been up for a while, but Mike Anderson, the former UAB and Arkansas, Missouri coach, um, has filed a $45.6 million lawsuit against St. John's for the way he was dismissed. Um, no reason to really comment on that, except I really love Mike Anderson and he's deserved this money. I hope he gets every cent, but if you guys don't mind, I want to put it in reverse for just a second, because while I was out yesterday, I was keeping up a little bit on online. Did I read this right? Bo Jackson has had the hiccups for 10 months. Uh, yes, he's had him for, uh, I think a year. Uh, Christian and I dug deep into this yesterday, actually. Well, there's no uh, reason to go through it again then. Yeah, no, no, um, no, yeah, it, it, and it's it's really a serious thing because it has uh, impacted his life in, in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, he's unable to do certain things or attend certain events because of the hiccups. And, um, you know, I... We, we we looked it up and and uh, I think the the Guinness Book of World Records is uh, a guy from Nebraska in the early 1900s had the hiccup something for like 67 years um, and uh, the the doctors were always a little unsure of what was causing it um, but uh, uh, they think it was uh, had something to do with the uh, like a, a, a an issue in his brain stem but um with Bo you know he said that he he's tried everything imaginable every home remedy imaginable from uh somebody jumping out of a closet you know and scaring him uh to hanging upside down to drinking water backwards to even smelling the rear end of uh, a porcupine uh, which I had never heard before, but um, he is having surgery, I believe, later this week, and uh, hopefully it will uh, cure him. But I mean, at first you kind of want to snicker, right, at the story, but then once you start really thinking about it and um, examining how it would uh, influence in a negative way uh, your lifestyle, you realize that actually pretty serious matt yeah it is um because it affects your health your speech um you lose weight it's not easy to eat 
Um, and I just pray that both gets through this because good grief, he holds world records for everything. I'd hate to think that the one he holds, everybody knows about is having hiccups the longest. Um, but, um, uh, God bless him and, and good luck. And I guess we, we, we don't think he's going to beat that world record. Lars <laughs> pulled it up. And uh, I think the longest tenured hiccups was, I believe over 70 years. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think he's going to beat that record. I hope uh, not. Yeah. I sure as hell hope not. That um, would just be terrible. <laughs> God. Seven I mean, years. I imagine it would be hard to go to sleep, too. Exactly. Um, yeah. I just, and candidly, I remember the episode of uh, Andy Griffith when Barney got him. And he couldn't get rid of him. And um, it, it caused some problems even in Mayberry. So let's just leave it at that for now. And uh, we all hope Bo is okay. Uh, what else you guys got? Is Corey, Corey Miller is going to join us. We can talk some NFL. Uh, let's see. There was another NFL note. Um, oh, here, here you go, Lars. Uh, Tom Brady is to be honored by the New England Patriots on game one at home, which has yet to be determined. Um, good thing, bad thing. It's certainly not overdue because I guess he is. A, would, does this make him officially retired? I hope so. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's he's going to be coming back. Um, it seems like he's he's moved on. Um, well, well uh, let's make sure though, because I saw that he's reportedly considering walking away from that big Fox deal at three hundred seventy-five million Fox deal that he signed to be a, a broadcaster. He's supposedly contemplating leaving that deal before he started. I don't know if he just wants more family time, but hopefully his eyes aren't set on playing again because he needs to just sit down, enjoy his retirement, and and I think <laughs> we've had enough of Tom Brady on the football field. So hopefully that's not why he's considering walking away from that deal. Hopefully he's staying in retirement. I don't know. And, of course, my guess may have been the same with Tony Romo. Um but I don't know. Brady doesn't seem like he might have the it factor when it comes to doing on television. Maybe they've already tested him out and he's not doing well. And that's why he doesn't want to get on and, you know, kind of tarnish his image. But I well, do they gave him a $375 million deal. I don't Matt. get that. <laughs> so no. so they're, they're, funny, they're confident in him and at least the slightest bit of they, <laughs> they agree to pay him that much. So he's got to be at least decent at it, I hope. Well, I, I did see that he was looking at property in Los Angeles, and that's where Fox is based. But I'm sorry, guys, I, and this is I, it's not a bias of any kind except the state that California's in right now. But, man, I'm not looking for a house in Los Angeles right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stay right here in Alabama and then fly to all of my game sites. But... Uh, that's a personal opinion that doesn't require commentary. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, I did want to mention, guys, uh, a, a far more serious story and, and tough to transition to it. And that is uh, about Henry Ruggs. Um, yesterday, uh, he uh, pled guilty uh, to charges of driving under the influence of alcohol uh, and or a controlled substance uh, resulting in death and misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Uh, 
Now, the DA of Clark County, uh, which is where the, uh, the, the tragic accident took place, um, he, the DA came out and said that, uh, that, okay, so Ruggs was sentenced to three to ten years. Um, and, and they came out and said that the reason the sentence is so light uh, or this plea deal is so light is because they were concerned that the central piece of evidence in the case was going to get suppressed. And this does get a a little bit um, complicated, but uh, uh, apparently that night uh, or early that morning after rugs slammed into the back of this poor woman's car and, and, uh, and she ended up losing her life along with her dog, um, that a, uh, a field sobriety test couldn't be administered to rugs because he was transported from the accident scene to, uh, to a hospital, right? And then law enforcement officers saw a search warrant by telephone while at the scene so blood could be drawn from rugs at the hospital for uh, alcohol content test. So uh, the DA said that, that they, they, they did actually do the test and that it came back at 0.16 and the legal limit for drivers in Nevada is 0.08. But then uh, a year ago, uh, in May of 2022, uh, Ruggs' attorneys filed a motion to suppress the results of this blood sampling test, arguing that there was insufficient probable cause for the judge to approve the warrant to allow the blood draw. So, uh, and, and, and as the DA went on to say that this, this really, this is a, a, this, this could have been a, a major impediment in our prosecution because if that blood draw is suppressed and not allowed into evidence, there is no other evidence that Ruggs was under the influence. But, uh, uh, and, and so had the, the suppression motion been granted, and uh, there was a strong likelihood that it, it, it was going to be uh, granted um, because there was not any information given to the judge that rugs that, that rugs had bloodshot or watery eyes or smelled of alcohol or had been drinking prior to the crash. Uh, the officers who called the judge to get the search warrant for the blood didn't give the judge a reason for why they needed that search warrant. That's basically what this comes down to. And so if that information is not allowed into court, then the DUI charge, everything would have, all charges essentially would have been dismissed. All serious charges would have been uh, dismissed. And and again, this is, uh, it's a pretty uh, complicated story but uh, the, the bottom line is that uh, uh, Henry Ruggs is going to be serving a, a what would I, I, I don't think there's any other way to categorize it, Matt, as an extremely light sentence for uh, given what happened that evening, that early morning 
in Las Vegas. Uh, just do you have any any reaction to that? I, I have I have one bit of a reaction. And first of all, he could have done 50. So if you're Henry Ruggs and his attorneys, you're going to take this almost like a gift. But the most impactful thing about what's the current events concerning this horrific accident is the way the Tentor family, the death of Tina and her dog Max, has handled it. I want to read you this quote. Today, like every day, we remember Tina and Max and how they were taken from us that fateful night. No sentence will ever bring Tina and Max back, but we will hope that everyone learns from this preventable incident so that no other families suffer like we do. We appreciate the efforts of the DA's office to overcome the issues caused by the initial investigation. We look forward to putting this behind us so that we can focus on honoring the memories of Tina and Max. What class? Very much so. Absolute class. Very much so. But uh, I, I think it should be emphasized the police officers really bungled this uh, at the scene uh, by not giving the judge, again, sort of detailed information as to why they needed the search warrant to draw the blood. I mean, that's what this whole thing comes down to. And but they uh, didn't, the, the family didn't make mention of that. They oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. They, oh, yes. I, I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to make sure. Oh, no, sure. that's important. But I, I, I just think on rounding this thing out. Um, I just I read that and almost I kind of teared up to think, golly, how forgiving can people be when they've lost a loved one like that? But yeah, uh, they really are showing uh, a lot of uh, grace, and uh, you know your your heart just goes out to them. And um, I don't know, it, it's hard to see anything good ever coming out of this, but. It, Maybe there will be, I, I, you know, there's and, and, and Christian, I, I know you're friends with Henry, so we, we won't unless you want to add something. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a tough situation all around. And uh, but one that has been at least to some degree resolved on the legal front. Yeah, yeah, I, like you said, I mean, I played with Henry and, and he's a brother of mine and. I'm um, just going to, you know, continue to pray for, for the victim's family and, and, and also Henry. Because um, I'll tell you guys, man, he, he's an outstanding person. Talking about a guy who never got in trouble while he was in school, never was out doing anything he shouldn't have been doing. Um, you've even heard Coach Saban speak so highly of, of his character. Um, he unfortunately just made a very costly uh, mistake that, that ultimately took someone's life as, as well as their dog. And, um, Man, like I said, it's just a terrible situation all around. Um, but like Matt said, um, I commend that family for their strength and, and being so classy in a situation like that, that I know they're going through something unbearable. But for them to handle it in such a first-class manner, um, I, you know, I applaud them. And again, just, you know, I just pray for my, my, my teammate Henry and, uh, and his family. And uh, just again, just, I had to speak on his character because, again, I hope this is a, a true learning lesson for people to understand that um, even even if you are a great person with great character, um, you're vulnerable to mistakes and, and uh, you will be held accountable. Um, and, and that's really what this is. It's an, a very unfortunate situation, but hopefully we can all learn something from this. 
All right, Pastor Payne, Corey Miller, Christian's dad, joins us on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like Good Zoo on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds, scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms during the day. The high, 84. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Back on Big Noon Sports, joined by our, pretty much a regular now. He's the uh, fourth member of our team in a lot of ways. Corey Miller, nine years in the NFL, eight with the Giants, one with the Vikings. He joins us, and Corey, we were talking about this earlier. They're going to release the NFL schedules tonight, and that has become an event. Was it a big deal when you were playing? <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's you know, when you get to that level, man, it's just every team to me. I know we go top to bottom how good somebody is or how bad somebody, uh, you know, were. Uh, in the NFL, it's like highly rated competition every single week. So it didn't really matter. I, I think some of the times, though, I peaked just because I wanted being in New York and in Minnesota. I was looking if we had warm away games. <laughs> so that'd be the only reason, like, you know, we're going to Arizona, we're going to Miami, you know, we're going somewhere that's on the West Coast, so we could get in some warm weather. That would be the only reason that I care, because it, it was cold. But as far as the competition, you know, being in the NFC East back when I played was, was very, very difficult. And, and uh, so you knew you're going to have to play your best football regardless. But I didn't really uh, care enough about it to make a big show of, of hey, it's the schedule release. You know, I don't care. Let's just go play football. Exactly. Corey, back, back when you were uh, playing, what would – you typically be doing this time of year? I would always take a few weeks off just because, you know, your body has to heal. It needs to rest. And um, so I would do that right after, uh, you know, the season was over. Then I would start training. Uh, you know, I would start working out, uh, doing things like bicycling or, you know, just really kind of light running. 
that type of deal, working on my body, stretching, flexibility. But it starts to get this time of the year. I, I, I turn it up. I increase the lifting. I increase the running uh, because, you know, you're talking about mini camps and rookie camps going on. And, and so I just really, you know, the body's a race car. And you've got to put good fuel in it. you got to take care of it or else it's not going to perform well. And so I really focused on my body and, and getting it right. And uh, But this time of the year, Lars, man, it was turn-up time because, you know, I wanted to get to camp, see what these rookies were like that we drafted, that we're bringing in, and, and made sure I was ready to go and wasn't going to lose my spot because I knew, uh, you know, <laughs> listen, man, every year they come in trying to take your, take your money, take your food off your table, and I took that personally. So it was about the grind, even in the offseason. I took some time off, but I grind, man. I, I made sure I was going to be ready to go. I want to switch gears to football with Alabama real quick. I know you've been an advocate to have Jalen Milrow uh, as a starter, at least give him a fair opportunity. After you see, after you saw him in the spring and, and what he was able to do, um, but then have Alabama go after uh, transfer quarterback Tyler Buckner. Uh, how do you still see that playing out? Are you still a big advocate for Jalen Milrow being the guy after what you've seen and then bringing in uh, Tyler Buckner, or do you uh, now see Buckner being more of the guy for them moving forward. What are your thoughts on pretty much just the Alabama quarterback battle? Yeah, I haven't changed. I, I, I'm still in the Milro camp. I, I think based on what you know they, they're going to do, running the football with a, a very high emphasis on that, um, I think he's going to – and I think he has gotten better as a passer. I watched his footwork. It seemed to be better. He made some nice throws in that spring game. Of course, he missed some as well. Uh, both quarterbacks – did okay, neither wowed you, but, you know, you're playing with a limited uh, play-calling sheet. So I, I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. But I think he's, it's, I think it's his job to lose. I, I mean, he's played. Uh, he's, he's been there. He, he gets it. He understands it. It's his job to lose. And uh, he just got to go out there and perform and take care of the football. I know that's the biggest thing Coach Saban is going to really talk about with his quarterbacks. Who can take care of the football? Who's going to, you know, keep us out of bad plays? Who's going to you know, keep us out of bad positions. And so if he takes care of the football with his running ability, uh, with the passing game, I think he can throw. Uh, he got a strong arm. Uh, it kind of reminds me of the Richardson kid, really, from Florida. I mean, the kid can play with a big arm. He just got to learn how to play smart and take care of the football. I think he'll do well for Alabama. But, again, who knows? The, the, the kid that's, that's coming in for Notre Dame, I watched him in the uh, Gator Bowl against South Carolina, led them to a comeback from behind win. He had a lot of interceptions in that ball game, two or three, I believe, against South Carolina. But the kid's tough. He hung in there uh, with a patchwork offensive line with you know, no tight end, his big number one receiver. And uh, he, he played well. So he's tough. He knows the offense. Uh, you know, Tommy Reese has been around him, so he gets the verbiage. So I think, you know, he will definitely be pushing uh, for a starting position. But I, I still believe right now it's Jalen Miro's job to lose. Yeah, uh, I, I think I agree with you on that. I, I think Milrow is going to be uh, the starter at least at the opening of camp and the opening of or the opening of the season. Um, what? Uh, just switching gears a little bit. Uh, over the last few years, I've become close with uh, Shane uh, Shane Beamer. Um, and I know you know a lot about South Carolina football. 
Um, what is the general perception of Shane uh, among the South Carolina fan base? And uh, what does the outlook look like for uh, for Carolina, South Carolina this upcoming season? Well, you know, people here love Shane Beamer. I mean, he is a guy that they felt like was just really born and meant for this this program. I mean, the last couple of years, of, you know, the last couple of coaches, excuse me, I should say, you know, you're talking about Lou Holtz and, and, and Steve Spurrier. These guys just kind of fell into the job at the end of their career. They already built their names. They already won national championships. And it was great to have a name brand coach. But they knew that this wasn't the, the deal for them. I mean, it wasn't going to be long-lasting. But Shane Beamer wanted to be here, right? Shane Beamer said he grew up wanting this job. He coached here before under Steve Spurrier. He, he knew the dynamics. He really, we want to say he's, he lived in South Carolina before. I, I believe he's from South Carolina originally. Um, so he wanted this job, and he made it known. This is my destination job. I don't want to go nowhere else. I want to be a Gamecock. I want to see this team win an SEC championship, a national championship. And he's brought so much positivity. He has injected that that positivity trait and, and love and find joy, the things that he said. Uh, I mean, and he's done that. I mean, he's had two winning seasons, one and one in bowls. Uh, I mean, he's. Every year he's going up in the number of wins. He's recruiting well. He's beating some big schools on recruits. Clemson, Georgia, he's beat Alabama, I think, on a couple. A guy that chose South Carolina. Um, so it's very positive, although the schedule's going to be hard. It's hard every year. Um, and everybody said, oh, they're going to be another six-win team, seven-win team. But but I think this guy gets it. He's got a really nice coaching staff. Uh, he brought in uh, Coach Loggins, uh, came from Arkansas. Uh, been in the NFL a, a lot of years, coached some really good quarterbacks. So he, he's got Spencer Rattler back. Juice Wells is one of the best receivers in the SEC. Spencer Rattler, I would say, a top half of the quarterbacks in the SEC. Uh, he got big tight ends now. Uh, they lost a lot of those guys in the offseason. So uh, they need a couple of pieces. They need another running back. They need probably another receiver. Uh, they need an edge rusher guy for sure. Uh, but I, I think they'll find that here in the summer before camp starts. But, um, Everybody here loves Shane Beamer. Uh, he has the right attitude. He's got the right juice. And uh, it's hard. This South Carolina's a hard job. It's not an easy job. I mean, we talk about the SEC, but you got the, one of the best facilities in the country. you got one of the best fan bases in the country. And uh, Steve Spurrier showed, showed that it could be done. I mean, he got this, the championship game, of course, got smoked by Cam Newton and Auburn. Uh, but uh, it can be done. And, and so the fan base here, man, is, is on high right now, and I'm looking forward to some great things happening in the future. What are your thoughts on the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams? Um, I'm sure you're probably a proponent of it because it gives a team, like you just mentioned, South Carolina, a better chance uh, at, at competing for a national title. Um, but, yeah, what are, what are your general thoughts on that, and do you think uh, it's a better system than the four-team system that we've seen previously? Definitely a better system than the four. It really is. I think it gives other people a chance, right? It gives a team like South Carolina to, uh, and even Alabama uh, when they have a year, a down year, God forbid, down year when you lose two games. <laughs> By the last second, kick a field goal, a two-point conversion with Alabama fans goes nuts. But, but a team like Alabama that can still get in the playoffs even though they lost two tough games, and I still think they're one of the better teams in the country, the top four teams. It gives them a chance to still 
be in the playoffs. But and with the four, man, you you lose a game and then man, you fight. You're in the playoff mode the rest of the year, right? Alabama loses to Tennessee. They're in playoff mode the rest of the year. They can't afford to lose again. But but in this new system, you can lose two games, two hard games, and still make the playoffs. And I think it's going to put uh, several more good football teams. And now I do think that the same four will find a way to be the same four, and that's okay. But at least with the twelve, you can say, hey, you know, uh, you know, the TCU's of the world, uh, you know, uh, you know, the teams like that can have a chance. A group of five team, a Cincinnati, uh, you know, uh, can get a chance to get in there and play the big boys and say, hey, we belong on the same stage, and they'll have a chance. But but I like the four or the twelve a lot better than the four, no doubt. Corey, can you hang on for another uh, segment with us? Absolutely. All right. Corey Miller is our guest, the pastor of pain. And we'll continue with him on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down, so she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day, and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. As always, Corey, we appreciate your time very much. Go hit the golf ball, go fishing, or do whatever you uh, plan to do. And tell everybody where they can watch, listen, and about your podcast with uh, Christian as we go out here. Yeah, the Miller's Edge. uh, You can check that out. We're going to heat that thing up coming up soon. Uh, Pastor Payne 57 is my Twitter handle. Of course, PastorPayne at gmail.com. We're going to hear some good sermon and some good football talk. Hit me up there. Hey, it's Mother's Day weekend, guys. Don't you forget... Go love your mothers. Go bless your mothers. They're, they're very important. I lost mine three years ago, and um, so I know how important mothers are. So go love on your mom and give them a, a great gift and love them and kiss them and tell them how important they are. And so I wish all the ladies out there that's listening, God bless you for being a great mom, and, and happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, what a perfect note to end on. Thank you, Corey. We'll talk probably again next week. Appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anytime. Take care, guys. Well, you're so right about your mama. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, 
and Christian. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders. We are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of RR Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street, across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to RR and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around, and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world renowned cigar and spirit destination. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury Game Day Apparel Redefined. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds, scattered showers and thunderstorms around through tonight. The high today, 84, tonight's low, 65. Tomorrow, occasionally cloudy with scattered to numerous showers. Hours and thunderstorms during the day. The high 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Christian, when you were playing with the Carolina Panthers, who did you consider your biggest rival? Uh, I'd say the Saints or the Bucks. Saints or the Bucks. And are the rivalries in the NFL anything like the rivalries in college? Uh, I mean, yes and no. The ones that I was a part of, not so much. But I'm sure there are some that, that are a little bit more significant. Yeah, I, I asked just because as a uh, long-suffering uh, Bengals fan, um, I know that, uh, that the Bengals fans always look at the schedule when it comes out, and it'll be out released tonight, um, of when the when the Cincinnati plays the Steelers. And even though the Steelers have been down a little bit lately, it just seems like every time they play – um, the the intensity level gets ratcheted up a little bit. I mean, guys are just flying all over the field. There's, you know, debatable hits on whether or not it was after the whistle. Um, I don't know if you remember the playoff game when Pac-Man Jones kind of lost his mind and Vontez perfect. And, you know, they, they, they've had a lot of ugly games over the years. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was just, uh, I was thinking about that and just what your experience was, um, again, like, is it respect or is it just like, or maybe it's just a, a fan thing. Cause I, I know that the Bengal fans and Steeler fans just, they do not get along. Um, and, and yeah, uh, yeah. Or is it, is it a player thing as well? Uh, I mean, probably not so much players, maybe with some players, but I, I would honestly say it's it's one of those things where it's really just whoever your divisional uh, rival is. It's typically your rival. Uh, OK, I guess it is your division rival. But, you know, whoever's in your division typically is your rivals. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I mean, there's probably some like if you watch games like Tampa Bay in New Orleans, those teams are pretty much rivals. You watch those receivers and cornerbacks like Marshawn Lattimore going back and forth and getting into it with Mike Evans. Those guys hate each other. They, they face each other twice a year, and I think that's where it stems from. Whenever you play somebody twice and, you you know, it's a receiver versus a cornerback or a tackle versus a defensive end, you kind of form that competitive, you know, rivalry in itself because, you know what I mean, like you, you, you know you're going to face them a couple times, and then if you got big-name guys playing, it, it, it it's one of those things where it, it's almost inevitable, um, you know, that, that, that you're going to – Kind of, kind of have a rivalry, so to speak. And um, you know, again, it, it's uh, NFL schedule release day, and uh, or evening, and we already know that uh, the first game of the regular season is going to be September seventh at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City when the Chiefs take on drum roll please the Lions. Now, <laughs> I, 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 that, that, this was a bit of a head scratcher to me, Christian. The fact that the Lions are playing in uh, one, one of the most celebrated games of the season. Um, but you go back and you look at how they finished 2022. They, they did win eight of their last 10 games. Uh, they finished nine and eight, and that was their first winning record since 2017. So I, I guess it makes some sense, but I, I mean, it, it just seems like you'd rather see Kansas City play the, I don't know, the, the Chargers, the Bills. 
How about a, a, a Super Bowl rematch with the Eagles, right? Like, I, I, it just seems to me that that the Lions were a curious choice, put it that way, to play in this game. Yeah, but I will say Lions are an up-and-coming team. They had one of the best offenses um, last season. And then you look, they drafted a guy like Jameer Gibbs. I'm excited to see what they're able to accomplish this year. But I, I agree, there probably were some better-looking names uh, for that slot. But um, I'm not too sure how they come up with the scheduling for the NFL. Um, but there are, I mean, I've seen some games that that, that seem to, to kind of be appealing to me. Uh, looking forward to see Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins take on the Chiefs. I thought that, that would have been a good one if you replaced uh, Detroit with Miami. Um, yeah. But I think that game is going to be taking place over in Germany. I thought it would have been cool to have Tyreek Hill and, and Tua and the Dolphins travel to Arrowhead. That way Tyreek Hill could face his old team in Arrowhead. I thought that would be a pretty cool game. But real quick, going back to what you asked about the rivalry, the reason those form is because, again, with the teams you play in the division, not only are you playing them twice a year, uh, but they're who you're competing with for that playoff berth. And that's typically how it comes about. Because now that I look back on it, you know, those teams in your division are basically standing in your way of making to the playoffs, right? And so that, that's another reason why, why why the rivalries kind of form that way. Um, but yeah, it, it really didn't feel anything like these college rivalries. Um, like just yeah, think about Alabama-Auburn. I mean, in my from my experience, it wasn't even close. Now, I'm sure maybe there might be some other ones. Like you mentioned, I think some of those AFC teams, like those AFC North teams, I feel like their rivalries are a lot more competitive. Um, so I could see those being a little bit more kind of similar to college, but definitely, from my experience, wasn't even close. Yeah, I agree. Uh, from my experience of just covering both the NFL and college, uh, there's really no comparison uh, that the college rivalries are, are, are far superior. Um, and I think it's because the, the fans are just more invested in oh, yeah. the, in the schools than they are in professional teams. I mean, I, I think that's just the the nature of it and, and why uh, or, or another reason why college football is so special and, uh, you know, our favorite sport. All right. You've been listening to Big Noon Sports. Everybody have a safe afternoon and we will talk to you in 22 hours.